0: book four of laws by plato translated by benjamin joet this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by Geoffrey edwards book four athenian stranger and now what will this city be i do not mean to ask what is or will be the name of the place that may be determined by the accident of locality and the original settlement a river or fountain or some local deity may give the sanction of a name to the newly founded city i do not want to know that but what the situation is whether maritime or inland clanius i should imagine stranger that the city of which we are speaking is about eighty stadia distant from the sea athenian stranger and are there harbors on the seaboard clanius excellent harbour stranger there could not be better athenian stranger you do not mean to say that and is the surrounding country productive or in need of importations clanius hardly in need of anything athenian stranger and is there any neighboring state clanius none whatever and that is the reason for selecting the place in days of old there was a migration of the inhabitants and the region has been deserted from time immemorial athenian stranger and has the place a fair proportion of hill and plain and wood clanius like the rest of crete in that athenian stranger you mean to say that there is more rock than plain Cleinias exactly athenian stranger then there is some hope that your citizens may be virtuous had you been on the sea and well provided with harbors and an importing rather than a producing country some mighty saviour would have been needed and lawgivers more than mortal if you were to have a chance of preserving your state from degeneracy and discordance of manners but there is comfort in the eighty stadia although the sea is too near especially if as you say the harbors are so good still we must be satisfied the sea is pleasant enough as a daily companion but has also a bitter and brackish quality filling the streets with merchants and shopkeepers and begetting in the souls of men uncertain and unfaithful ways making the state unfriendly and unfaithful both to her own citizens and also to other nations there is a consolation therefore in the country producing all things at home and yet owing to the ruggedness of the soil not providing anything in great abundance Had there been abundance, there might have been a great export trade, and a great return of gold and silver, which, as we may safely affirm, has the most fatal result on a state whose aim is the attainment of just and noble sentiments. This was said by us, if you remember, in the previous discussion. Clanius, I remember, and am of opinion, that we both were, and are, in the right. Athenian stranger, well, but let me ask how is the country supplied with timber for shipbuilding? clanius there is no pine of any consequence or fir and not much cypress and you will find very little stone pine or plain wood which shipwrights always require for the interior of ships. Athenian stranger these are also natural advantages cleinias why is that athenian stranger because no city ought to be easily able to imitate its enemies in what is mischievous cleinias how does that bear upon any of the matters of which we have been speaking athenian stranger remember my good friend what i said at first about the cretan laws that they looked to one thing only and this as you both agreed was war and i replied that such laws in so far as they tended to promote virtue were good but in that they regarded a part only and not the whole of virtue i disapproved of them and now i hope that you in your turn will follow and watch me if i legislate with a view to anything but virtue or only with a view to a part of virtue for i consider that the true lawgiver like an archer aims only at that on which some eternal beauty is always attending and dismisses everything else whether wealth or any other benefit when separated from virtue i was saying that the imitation of enemies was a bad thing and i was thinking of a case in which a maritime people are harassed by enemies as the athenians were by minus i do not speak from any desire to recall past grievances but he as we know was a great naval potentate who compelled the inhabitants of attica to pay him a cruel tribute and in those days they had no ships of war as they now have nor was the country filled with ship timber and therefore they could not readily build them hence neither could they learn how to imitate their enemy at sea or become sailors themselves and in this way directly repel their enemies better for them to have lost many times over the seven youths than that heavy-armed and stationary troops should have been turned into sailors and accustomed to leap quickly on shore and again to hurry back to their ships or should have fancied that there was no disgrace in not awaiting the attack of an enemy and dying boldly and that there were good reasons and plenty of them for a man throwing away his arms and betaking himself to flight which is affirmed upon occasion not to be dishonorable this is the language of naval warfare and is anything but worthy of extraordinary praise for we should not teach bad habits least of all to the best part of the citizens you may learn the evil of such a practice from homer by whom Odysseus is introduced rebuking Agamemnon because he desires to draw down the ships to the sea at a time when the Achaeans are hard-pressed by the Trojans. He gets angry with him and says, Who at a time when the battle is in full cry biddest to drag the well-oared ships into the sea, that the prayers of the Trojans may be accomplished yet more, and high ruin fall upon us? for the achaeans will not maintain the battle when the ships are drawn into the sea but they will look behind and will cease from strife in that the counsel which you give will prove injurious you see that he quite knew triremes on the sea in the neighbourhood of fighting men to be an evil lions might be trained in that way to fly from a herd of deer moreover Naval powers, which owe their safety to ships, do not honour that sort of warlike excellence which is most deserving of honour. For he who owes his safety to the pilot and the captain and the oarsmen and all sorts of rather good-for-nothing persons cannot rightly give honour to whom honour is due. But how can a state be in a right condition which cannot duly award honour? Clanius it is hardly possible i admit and yet stranger we cretans are in the habit of saying that the battle of salamis was the salvation of hellas athenian stranger why yes and that is an opinion which prevails widely among hellenes and barbarians but megalos and i say rather that the battle of marathon was the beginning and the battle of plataea the completion of the great deliverance and that these battles made the hellenes better whereas the sea-fights of salamis and artemisium for i may as well put them both together made them no better if i may say this without offence about the battles which helped to save us and in estimating the goodness of a state we regard both the situation of a country and the order of the laws considering that the mere preservation and continuance of life is not the most honourable thing for men, as the vulgar think, but the continuance of the best life, while we live, and that again, if I am not mistaken, is a remark which has been made already. Clenius. To be sure. Athenian stranger. Then we have only to ask whether we are taking this same path which is the best for the settlement and legislation of states clenius there can be no doubt of that athenian stranger and now let me proceed to another question who are to be the colonists may any one come out of all crete and is the idea that the population in the several states is too numerous for the means of subsistence for I suppose that you are not going to send out a general invitation to any Hellene who likes to come. And yet I observe that in your country there are people who have come from Argos and Aegina and other parts of Hellas. Tell me then, whence do you draw your recruits in the present instance? Clanius. They will come from all Crete, and of other Hellenes, Peloponnesians will be most acceptable for as you truly observe there are cretans of argive descent and the race of cretans which has the highest character at the present day is the gortinian and this has come from gordes in the peloponnesus athenian stranger cities find colonization in some respects easier when the colonists are of one race which like a swarm of bees goes from a single country friends from friends owing to some pressure of population or other similar necessity or because a portion of a state is driven by factions to emigrate and there have been whole cities which have taken flight when utterly conquered by a superior power in war this however which is in one way an advantage to the colonist or legislator in another point of view creates a difficulty there is an element of friendship in the community of race and language and laws and in common sacrifices and all that but inasmuch as such colonies kick against any laws which are other than they had at home although they have been undone by the badness of them yet because of the force of habit they would fain preserve the very customs which were their ruin and the leader of the colony who is their legislator finds them troublesome and rebellious on the other hand the conflux of several populations might be more disposed to listen to new laws but then to make them combine and pull together as they say of horses is a most difficult task and the work of years and yet there is nothing which perfects the virtue of men like legislation and colonization clenius no doubt but i wish that you would explain to me clearly what is your view in saying this athenian stranger my good friend i am afraid that the course of my speculations is leading me to say something depreciatory of legislators but if the word be to the purpose there can be no harm and yet why am i dissatisfied for i believe that all human beings are much alike cleinias in what respect athenian stranger i was going to say that man never legislates but that destinies and accidents happening in all sorts of ways legislate in all sorts of ways either the violence of war has overthrown governments and changed laws or the hard necessity of poverty and the power of disease has often caused innovations in the state when there have been pestilences and bad seasons continuing during many years any one who sees all this naturally rushes to the conclusion of which i was speaking that no mortal legislates in anything but that in human affairs chance is almost everything and This may be said of the arts of the sailor, and the pilot, and the physician, and the general, and may seem to be well said, and yet there is another thing which may be said with equal truth of all of them. Clanius. What is that? Athenian Stranger. That God governs all things, and that chance and opportunity cooperate with him in the government of human affairs there is however a third and less extreme view that art ought to go along with them for i should say that when there is a storm there must surely be a great advantage in having a pilot you would grant that Cleinias, yes athenian stranger and might not this be also said of legislation as well as of other things even supposing all other circumstances favorable the true legislator is still required from time to time to provide for the happiness of the state. Clanius. That I admit. Athenian stranger. In each case the artist would be right in praying for certain favorable conditions, under which he would only require to exercise his art. Clanius. That is very true. Athenian stranger. And, all other artists, if they had to offer up their prayers, would ask a similar boon? Cleinias, Certainly. Athenian stranger. And the legislator would do the same thing which they did? Cleinias, I believe that he would. Athenian stranger. Come, legislator, we will say to him. And what are the conditions which you require of us previously to organizing your state what ought to be his answer to this shall i give the answer of the legislator cleinias very good athenian stranger he will say give me a state which is governed by a tyrant and let the tyrant be young and have a good memory let him be quick at learning And of a courageous and noble nature let him have that which as i said before is the inseparable companion of all the other parts of virtue if there is to be any good in them clanius i suppose megalos that this companion virtue of which the stranger speaks must be temperance athenian stranger yes clanius temperance in the vulgar sense not that which in the exaggerated language of some philosophers is demonstrated to be prudence but that which is the natural gift of children and animals and makes some of them live continently and others incontinently but when isolated was as we said hardly worth reckoning in the catalogue of goods i think that you must understand my meaning clanius certainly athenian stranger then our tyrant must have this as well as the other qualities if the state is to acquire the form of government which is most conducive to happiness in the best manner and in the shortest time for there neither is nor ever will be a better or speedier way of establishing a polity than this cleinias by what possible argument, stranger can anyone ever persuade another that he is right in saying that athenian stranger there is surely no difficulty in seeing clanius that this is according to the order of nature clanius you would assume as you say a tyrant who is young temperate quick at learning having a good memory courageous of a noble nature athenian stranger yes and you must add fortunate and his good fortune must be that he is the contemporary of a great legislator and that some happy chance brings them together when this has been accomplished god has done all that he can ever do for a state which he desires to be eminently prosperous he has done this in an inferior degree for a state in which there are two such rulers and in the third degree when there are three. The difficulty increases with the increase of the number, and diminishes with the diminution of the number. Clenius. You mean to say, I suppose, that the best government is produced from a tyranny, and originates in a good lawgiver, and an orderly tyrant, and most easily and rapidly passes out of such a tyranny into a perfect form of government, and in the second degree out of an oligarchy and in the third degree out of a democracy is not that your meaning athenian stranger not so i mean rather to say that the change is best made out of a tyranny and secondly out of a monarchy and thirdly out of some sort of democracy fourthly in the capacity for improvement comes oligarchy which has the greatest difficulty in admitting of such a change because the government is in the hands of a number of potentates i am supposing that the legislator is by nature of the true sort and that his strength is united with that of the chief men of the state and when he is strongest and at the same time there are the fewest persons concerned as in a tyranny there the change is likely to be easiest and most rapid cleinias how is that i do not understand athenian stranger and yet i have repeated what i am saying a good many times but i suppose that you have never seen a city which is under a tyranny cleinias no i cannot say that i have any great desire to see one athenian stranger and yet where there is a tyranny you might certainly see that of which i am now speaking cleinias what do you mean athenian stranger i mean that you might see how without trouble and in no very long period of time the tyrant if he wishes can change the manners of a state he has only to go in the direction of virtue or of vice whichever he prefers he himself setting an example in his own person, praising and countenancing some actions, and reproving and setting a note of dishonor upon others. Clanius. But how can we imagine that the citizens in general will at once follow the example set to them? Or how can he have this power both of persuading and of compelling them? Athenian Stranger let no one my friends persuade us that there is any quicker and easier way in which laws act upon states than when the rulers lead such changes never have nor ever will come to pass in any other way the real impossibility or difficulty is of another sort and is rarely surmounted in the course of ages but when this is once effected in a state ten thousand or rather all blessings follow clanius of what are you speaking athenian stranger the difficulty is to find the divine love of temperate and just institutions existing in any powerful forms of government whether in a monarchy or oligarchy of wealth or of birth you might as well hope to reproduce the character of nestor who is said to have excelled all men in the power of speech and yet more in his temperance this however according to the tradition was in the times of troy in our own days there is nothing of the sort but if such a one either has or ever shall come into being or is now among us blessed is he and blessed are they who hear the wise words that flow from his lips and this may be said of power in general when the supreme power in man coincides with the greatest wisdom and temperance then the best laws are by nature framed and the best constitution but in no other way will they ever come into being and i would have what i am saying regarded as a sort of divination and declaration that in one point of view there may be a difficulty for a city to have good laws but that there is another point of view in which nothing can be easier or sooner effected granting our supposition clanius how do you mean athenian stranger let us try to put into words the laws which are suitable to your state like children framing our lips to utter them clanius let us proceed without delay athenian stranger then let us invoke god at the settlement of our state may he hear and be propitious to us and come and set in order the state and the laws clanius may he come athenian stranger but what form of polity are we going to give the city clanius tell me what you mean a little more clearly do you mean what form of polity as for example democracy or oligarchy or aristocracy or monarchy for i suppose that you would not include tyranny athenian stranger which of you will answer first to which of these classes your own government is to be referred Megalos? ought i to answer first as i am the elder cleinias perhaps you should Megalos, and yet stranger i perceive that i cannot say without more thought what i should call the government of lacedaemon for it seems to me to be like a tyranny the power of our ephors is marvellously tyrannical and sometimes it appears to me to be of all cities the most democratical and who can reasonably deny that it is an aristocracy we have also a monarchy which is held for life and is said by all mankind and not by ourselves only to be the most ancient of all monarchies, and therefore, when asked on a sudden, I cannot precisely say which form of government the Spartan is. Cleinias, I am in the same difficulty, megalos for I do not feel confident that the polity of Gnosis is any of these. Athenian Stranger, the reason is, my excellent friends, that you really have polities but the cities of which we were speaking are mere aggregations of citizens who are the subjects and servants of parts of their own state they are named after their several ruling powers and are not polities at all but if states are to be named after their rulers the true state ought to be called by the name of the god who rules over wise men cleinias and who is this god Athenian Stranger. May I still make use of fable to some extent, in the hope that I may be better able to answer your question, shall I? Clenius. By all means. Athenian Stranger. In the primeval world, and a long while before the cities came into being, whose settlements we have described, there is said to have been, in the time of Cronus, a blessed state, and way of life of which the best ordered of existing states is a copy Clenius, it will be very necessary to hear about that athenian stranger i quite agree with you and that is why i introduce the subject Clenius, you are very right and if the tale is to the point you will do well in giving us the whole story athenian stranger i will do as you suggest there is a tradition of the happy life of mankind in days when all things were spontaneous and abundant and of this the reason is said to have been as follows cronus as i was observing knew that no human nature invested with supreme power is able to order human affairs and not overflow with insolence and wrong which reflection led him to appoint not men but demigods who are of a higher and more divine race to be the kings and rulers of our cities he did as we do with flocks of sheep and other tame animals for we do not appoint oxen to be the lords of oxen or goats of goats but we ourselves are a superior race and rule over them in like manner god in his love of mankind placed over us the demons who are a superior race and they with great ease and pleasure to themselves and no less to us taking care of us and giving us peace and reverence and order and justice never failing made the tribes of men happy and peaceful and this tradition which is true declares that cities of which some mortal man and not god is the ruler have no escape from evils and toils still we must do all that we can to imitate the life which is said to have existed in the days of Cronus. and as far as the principle of immortality dwells in us to that we must hearken both in private and public life and regulate our cities and houses according to law meaning by the very term law the distribution of mind but if either an oligarchy or a democracy has a soul eager after pleasures and desires wanting to be filled with them yet retaining none of them but perpetually afflicted with an endless and insatiable disorder and such a one having first trampled the laws underfoot becomes the master either of a state or an individual then as i was saying there is no possibility of salvation and now cleinias we have to consider whether you will or will not accept my view cleinias certainly we will athenian stranger do you know that there are often said to be as many forms of laws as there are of governments and how many there are of these we have already stated and this you must regard as a matter of very great importance for what is to be the standard of just and unjust is once more the point at issue and men say that the law ought not to regard either peace or war or virtue in general but only the interests and power and preservation of the existing form of government This is thought by them to be the best way of expressing the natural definition of justice. Clanius. How? Athenian stranger. They say that justice is the interest of the stronger. Clanius. Speak plainer. Athenian stranger. I will. They surely assume that the governing power makes whatever laws have authority in any state. Clanius true athenian stranger well they would say and do you suppose that tyranny or democracy or any other conquering power does not make the continuance of the power which is possessed by them the first or principal object of their laws cleinias how can they have any other athenian stranger and whoever transgresses these laws is punished as an evildoer by the legislator who calls the laws just clanius naturally athenian stranger this then is always the mode and fashion in which justice exists clanius certainly that is implied in this way of viewing the subject athenian stranger why yes that is one of the ways in which governments are wronged cleinias to what wrongs are you referring Athenian stranger to those which we were examining when we spoke of who ought to govern whom did we not arrive at the conclusion that parents ought to govern their children and the elder the younger and the noble the ignoble and there were many other principles if you remember and they were not always consistent. One principle was that of Pindar. He spoke of law, in the order of nature, doing and justifying violence. Cleinias, Yes, I remember. Athenian Stranger. Consider then to whom our state is to be entrusted, for there is a thing which has occurred times without number in states. Clenius. What? Athenian Stranger that when there has been a contest for power and the conquerors have monopolized the government and have refused all share of power to the defeated party and their descendants they have lived watching one another in perpetual fear that some one will come into power who has a recollection of former wrongs and will rise up against them now according to our view such governments are not polities at all nor are laws right which are passed for the good of particular classes, and not for the good of the whole state. States which have such laws are not polities, but parties, and their notion of justice is simply unmeaning. I say this because I am going to assert that we must not entrust the government in your state to anyone because he is rich, or because he possesses any advantage of that sort, such as strength or stature or again of birth but he who is most obedient to the laws of the state wins the palm in that trial and to him who gains this victory in the first degree shall be given the highest office and chief ministry of the gods and the second to him who bears the second palm and in a similar ratio shall all the other offices be assigned to their holders and when i call the rulers servants or ministers of the law i give them this name not for the sake of novelty but because i certainly believe that upon this quality in them depends the well or ill-being of the state for that state in which the law is subject and has no authority i perceive to be on the highway to ruin but i see that the state in which the law is above the rulers And the rulers are the inferiors of the law, has salvation, and every blessing which the gods can confer. Clinias, truly, stranger, you see with the keen vision of age. Athenian, stranger, why, yes. Every man, when he is young, has that sort of vision dullest, and when he is oldest, most keen. Clinias, that is very true. Athenian, stranger, and now what is to be the next step may we not suppose the colonists to have arrived and proceed to make our speech to them clanius certainly athenian stranger friends we say to them god as the oldest tradition declares holding in his hand the beginning middle and end of all that is moves according to his nature in a straight line towards the accomplishment of his end justice always follows him and is the punisher of those who fall short of the divine law to that law he who would be happy holds fast and follows it in all humility and order but he who is lifted up with pride or money or honour or beauty who has a soul hot with folly and youth and insolence and thinks that he has no need of a guide or ruler but is able himself to be the guide of others he i say is left deserted of god and being thus deserted he takes to him others who are like himself and dances about in wild confusion and many think that he is a great man but in a short time he pays a penalty which justice cannot but approve and is utterly destroyed and his family and city with him wherefore seeing that human things are thus ordered what should a wise man do or think or not do or think CLEINIAS every man ought to make up his mind that he will be one of the followers of the god there can be no doubt of that athenian stranger then what sort of action is agreeable to the god and becoming in his followers there is an old saying that like agrees with like with measure measure but things which have no measure agree neither with themselves nor with the things which have measure now god is the measure of all things in a sense far higher than any man could be as the common saying affirms and he who would be dear to God, must, as far as is possible, be like him, and such as he is. Wherefore, the temperate man is the friend of God, for he is like him, and the intemperate man is unlike him, and different from him, and unjust. And the same holds of other things. And this is the conclusion which is also the noblest and truest of all sayings that for the good man to offer sacrifice to the gods and hold converse with them by means of prayers and offerings and every kind of service is the noblest and best of all things and also the most conducive to a happy life and very fit and meet but with the bad man the opposite of this holds for the bad man has an impious soul, whereas the good is pure, and from one who is polluted, neither a good man nor God is right in receiving gifts. And therefore the unholy waste their much service upon the gods, which, when offered by any holy man, is always accepted of them. Such is the mark at which we ought to aim. But what weapons shall we use, and how shall we direct them? in the first place we affirm that next after the olympians gods and the gods of the state honor should be given to the gods below they should receive everything in even numbers and of the second choice and of evil omen while the odd numbers and the first choice and the things of lucky omen are given to the gods above by him who would rightly hit the mark of piety Next to these gods, a wise man will do service to the demons or spirits, and then to the heroes, and after them will follow the sacred places of private and ancestral gods, having their ritual according to law. Next comes the honour of living parents, to whom, as is meet, we have to pay the first and greatest and oldest of all debts, considering that all which a man has belongs to those who gave him birth and brought him up and that he must do all that he can to minister to them first in his property secondly in his person and thirdly in his soul paying the debts due to them for the care and travail which they bestowed upon him of old in the days of his infancy and which he is now to pay back to them when they are old and in the extremity of their need and all his life long He ought never to utter or to have uttered an unbecoming word to them for of all light and winged words he will have to give an account nemesis the messenger of justice is appointed to watch over them and we ought to yield to our parents when they are angry and let them satisfy their feelings in word or deed considering that when a father thinks that he has been wronged by his son He may be expected to be very angry at their death the most moderate funeral is best neither exceeding the customary expense nor yet falling short of the honor which has been usually shown by the former generation to their parents and let a man not forget to pay the yearly tribute of respect to the dead honoring them chiefly by omitting nothing that conduces to a perpetual remembrance of them and giving a reasonable portion of their fortune to the dead doing this and living after this manner we shall receive our reward from the gods and those who are above us and we shall spend our life for the most part in good hope and how a man ought to order what relates to his descendants and his kindred and friends and citizens and the rites of hospitality taught by heaven and the intercourse which arises out of them all with a view to the embellishment and orderly regulation of his own life these things i say the laws as we proceed with them will accomplish partly persuading and partly when natures do not yield to persuasion chastising them by might and right and will thus render our state if the gods cooperate with us prosperous and happy but of what has to be said and must be said by the legislator who is of my way of thinking and yet if said in the form of law is out of place of this i think that a person may offer a sample for himself and those for whom he is legislating and then when as far as he is able he has gone through all the preliminaries he may proceed to the work of legislation now what will be the form of such prefaces there may be a difficulty in including or describing them all under a single form but i think that we may get some notion of them if we can guarantee one thing cleinias what is that Athenian stranger i should wish the citizen to be as receptive of virtue as possible and that this will be the aim of the legislator in all his laws is evident clanius certainly ATHENIAN stranger what has been said appears to me to be of importance in this way a person will listen with more gentleness and good will to the precepts addressed to him by the legislator when the soul of him who receives them is not altogether uncivilized even a little done in the way of conciliation gains his ear and is always worth having for there is no great inclination or readiness on the part of mankind to be made as good or as quickly good as possible rather the many prove the wisdom of hesiod who says that the road to wickedness is smooth and very short and there is no need of perspiring Quote, but before virtue the immortal gods have placed the sweat of labor and long and steep is the way thither and rugged at first but when you have reached the top then however difficult it becomes easy close quote. yes and he certainly speaks well athenian stranger very true and now let me tell you the effect which the preceding discourse has had upon me cleinias proceed athenian stranger suppose that we have a little conversation with the legislator and say to him o legislator speak if you know what we ought to say and do you can surely tell cleinias certainly he can athenian stranger did we not hear you just now saying that the legislator ought not to allow the poets to do what they liked for that they did not know in which of their words they went against the laws to the hurt of the state cleinias that is true athenian stranger may we not fairly make answer to him on behalf of the poets cleinias what answer shall we make to him athenian stranger that the poet according to the tradition which has ever prevailed among us and is accepted of all men when he sits down on the tripod of the muse is not in his right mind like a fountain he allows the stream of thought to flow freely and his art being imitative he is often compelled to represent men under opposite circumstances and thus to say two different things neither can he tell whether there is any truth in either of them or in one more than in the other but this is not the case in a law the legislator must give not two rules about the same thing but one only take an example from what you have just been saying of three kinds of funerals there is one which is too extravagant another is too niggardly the third in a mean and you choose and approve and order the last without qualification but if i had an extremely rich wife and she bade me bury her and i were to describe her burial in poetry i should praise the extravagant one and a poor miserly man who had not much to spend would approve of the niggardly one and the man of moderate means who was himself moderate would praise a moderate funeral now you in the capacity of legislator must not barely say a moderate funeral but you must define what moderation is and how much unless you are definite you must not suppose that you are speaking a language that can become law clenius very true athenian stranger and is our legislator to have no preface to his laws but to say at once do this avoid that and then holding the penalty in terrorem to go on to another law offering never a word of advice or exhortation to those for whom he is legislating after the manner of some doctors let us remember that there are two sorts of practitioners a gentler and a ruder who cure in different ways and we may entreat the legislator as children might the doctor to cure our disorders with the gentlest remedies what i mean to say is that besides doctors there are doctors assistants who are also styled doctors clenius very true athenian stranger and whether they are slaves or freemen makes no difference they acquire their knowledge of medicine by obeying and observing their masters, by experience and not according to nature, as the manner of freemen is who teach their children on the same principles on which they have learned themselves. You would admit that there are these two classes of doctors? Clenius. Certainly I should. Athenian Stranger and did you ever observe that there are two classes of patients in states slaves and freemen and the slave doctors run about and cure the slaves and wait for them in the dispensaries practitioners of this sort never talk to their patients individually or let them talk about their own individual complaints the doctor prescribes what he thinks good out of the abundance of his experience as if he had no manner of doubt, and when he has given his orders, like a tyrant, he rushes off with equal assurance to some other servant, who is ill, and he does a great service to the master of the house, who in this manner is relieved of the care of his slaves. But the other doctor, who is a free man, attends and practices upon free men, and he carries his inquiries far back, and goes into the nature of the disorder. He enters into discourse with the patient and with his friends, and is at once getting information from the sick man, and also instructing him as far as he is able. And he will not prescribe for him until he has first convinced him. At last, when he has brought the patient more and more under his persuasive influences, and set him on the road to health, he attempts to effect a cure. Now, which is the better way of proceeding in a physician and in a trainer? Is he the better who accomplishes his ends in a double way, or he who works in one way and that the ruder and inferior? Clenius, I should say, stranger, that the double way is far better. Athenian stranger. Should you like to see an example of the double and single method in legislation? Clenius? certainly i should athenian stranger what will be our first law will not the legislator observing the order of nature begin by making regulations for births clanius certainly athenian stranger and in all states the birth of children goes back to the connection of marriage clanius very true athenian stranger then according to the true order The laws relating to marriage should be those which are first determined in every state clanius quite true athenian stranger then let me first give the law of marriage in a simple form which may be as follows a man shall marry between the ages of thirty and thirty-five or if he does not he shall pay such and such a fine or shall suffer the loss of such and such privileges this would be the simple law about marriage the double law would run as follows a man shall marry between the ages of thirty and thirty-five considering that after a sort the human race naturally partakes of immortality of which all men have the greatest desire implanted in them for the desire of every man that he may become famous and not lie in the grave without a name is only the love of continuance now mankind are coeval with all time and are ever following and will ever follow the course of time in this way they are immortal leaving children behind them with whom they are one in the unity of generation and for a man voluntarily to deprive himself of this gift of immortality as he deliberately does who will not have a wife or children is impiety he who listens to the words of the law shall be free and shall pay no fine but he who is disobedient and does not marry when he has arrived at the age of thirty-five shall pay a yearly fine of a certain amount in order that his celibacy may not be a source of ease and profit to him and he shall not share in the honours which the young men in the state give to the aged comparing now the two forms of the law you will be able to arrive at a judgment about any other laws, whether they should be double in length, even when shortest, because they have to persuade as well as threaten, or whether they shall only threaten and be of half the length. Megalos. The Lacedaemonian stranger would generally prefer the shorter form, although, for my own part, if any one were to ask me which I myself prefer in the state, I should certainly determine in favor of the longer, and I would have every law made after the same pattern if I had to choose. But I think that Clenius is the person to be consulted, for his is the state which is going to use these laws. Clenius, Thank you, megalos Athenian Stranger. Whether in the abstract words are to be many or few is a very unmeaning question. The best form, and not the shortest, is to be approved, nor is length at all to be regarded. In the form of law which has been recited, the one kind is not only twice as good in practical usefulness as the other, but the case is like that of the two kinds of doctors, of whom I was just now speaking. And yet, legislators never appear to have considered that, whereas they have two instruments which they might use in legislation, persuasion and force. Insofar as a rude and uneducated multitude are capable of being affected by them, they use one only, for they do not temper their power by persuasion, but employ force, pure and simple. There is a third point, sweet friends, which ought to be, and never is, regarded in our existing laws. CLENIUS what is that athenian stranger a point which arises out of our previous conversation and comes into my mind i know not how all this time from early dawn until noon we have been talking about laws in this charming retreat now we are going to promulgate our laws and what has preceded was only the prelude of them why do i mention this for this reason because all discourses and vocal exercises have preludes and overtures which are a sort of artistic beginnings intended to help the strain which is to be performed lyric measures and every other sort of music have preludes framed with wonderful care but of the truer and higher strain of law and politics no one has ever yet uttered any prelude or composed or published any as though there was no such thing in nature whereas our present discussion seems to me to imply that there is these double laws of which we were speaking are not exactly double but they are in two parts the law and the prelude of the law the arbitrary command which was compared to the commands of the physicians whom we described as of the meaner sort was the law pure and simple and that which preceded and was described by our friend as hortatory only was in fact an exhortation, and is analogous to the preamble of a discourse. for I imagine that all this language of conciliation which the legislator has been uttering in the preface of the law was intended to create good-will in the person whom he addressed in order that by reason of this goodwill he might more intelligently receive his command that is to say the law and therefore in my way of speaking this is more rightly described as the preamble than as the matter of the law and i must further proceed to observe that the legislator should not make laws which have no preambles he should remember how great will be the difference between them accordingly as they have or have not preambles as in the instances already given clanius the lawgiver if he asks my opinion will certainly do as you advise athenian stranger i think that you are quite right clanius in affirming that all laws have preambles and that throughout the whole of this work of legislation every single law should have a suitable preamble at the beginning for that which is to follow is most important and whether this is clearly recorded or not, is a very serious matter. Yet we should be wrong in requiring that all laws, small and great alike, should have preambles of the same kind, any more than all songs or speeches. Although they may be natural to all, they are not always necessary, and whether they are to be employed or not has to be left to the judgment of the speaker or the musician or in the present instance of the lawgiver cleinias that i think is most true and now stranger without delay let us return to the argument and as people say in play make a second and better beginning if you please with the principles which we have been laying down which we never thought of regarding as a preamble before but of which we may now make a preamble and not merely consider them to be chance topics of discourse. Let us acknowledge then that we have a preamble. About the honour of the gods and the respect of parents, enough has been already said, and we may proceed to the topics which follow next in order, until the preamble is deemed by you to be complete, and after that you shall go through the laws themselves. Athenian Stranger i understand you to mean that we have made a sufficient preamble about the gods and demons and about parents living or dead and now you would have us bring the rest of the subject into the light of day cleinias exactly athenian stranger after this as is meet and for the general interest i the speaker and you, the listeners, will try to estimate all that relates to the souls and bodies and properties of the citizens, as regards both their occupations and amusements, and thus arrive, as far as in us lies, at the nature of education. That will follow next in order. Clenius. Very good. End of Book 4. Recording in memory of mitchell edwards